listening to episode 19, chapter 5 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lamberth. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today we're continuing our conversation with Scott Rodin. Scott Rodin has a passion for helping Christian ministry leaders take a biblical approach to leadership development, strategic planning, board development, and raising kingdom resources. Over the past 30 years, he has worked with hundreds of organizations in the U.S., Canada, Middle East, Great Britain, China, India, the Philippines, and Australia. Dr. Rodin is president of the Steward's Journey and Kingdom Life Publishing. He also runs Rodin Consulting Incorporated. He's a senior fellow of the Association of Biblical Higher Education and is a past board chair of China Source. He holds Master of Theology and Doctor of Philosophy degrees in Systematic Theology from the University of Aberdeen in Scotland. He's also authored 14 books and blogs weekly at thestewardsjourney.com. In the life of a steward leader, what we do flows from who we are. That's why it's so important to start with our personal development as disciples, stewards of God's kingdom. But the job of a steward leader doesn't end there. Our development spills over into the lives of those we lead. As steward leaders, these trajectories flow naturally from who we are and enables those we lead to develop as stewards as well. But this is the one, this one also changed me a lot. They're all, they all changed me the most, so do your math on that. <laughs> um, how can we be stewards of our relationship with ourselves? Because this is a bit mind-blowing to think that we have to steward our, our relationship with ourselves. How can we have a relationship with ourselves? Yeah, well, it's, it's, you said it. It's, um, I would say, a very close second to our relationship with God in terms of what trips leaders up. Uh, this identity thing is a place that the enemy has had so much victory in the lives of leaders all, all over the place, in mine and everybody else's. It's a, um, it's a huge topic, and I'll try to condense it down to just a couple, two or three little bullet points here to help your listeners a little bit. But um, we were created in the image of God, and we choose again every day to decide from where we, are we going to receive um, our identity, and with that, our self, our affirmation. We're all looking for affirmation for a sense of who we are, why we're here, what our purpose is, where we're going, answering all those big questions in life. Um, and the world will supply us with a lot of answers. Uh, the biggest answer I think that the world supplies us with is that your identity is tied up in what you do. So look at my job title, look at what I do with what I do for a living, and that is my identity. And again, and I, I fall, I do this as much as anyone, so I'm, I'm not any better than anybody else, but, but go to a get-together, any place, in a church, a pot, church potluck, anywhere, a business meeting, what's the very first question you're asked? What do you do? What do you do? And when you tell me what you do, I will now assign to you an identity. You're either really important, that's really amazing, or oh my gosh, can anybody would ever do that, or whatever. I mean, go to a business-to-business meeting sometime and introduce yourself as a garbage man everybody and just you know just do it for fun and see and you know what that's a noble profession but what what are you going to get you're going to get identified and i guarantee you after about 20 minutes you're going to be standing by yourself in the corner you know eating eating rubber chicken and drinking iced tea so um this idea of identity is so is so huge and as soon as we tie our identity to our job 
we go down a huge slippery slope because all, and I won't have time to talk about it, but there's a spiral that we get caught up in, this negative spiral. And it starts with losing our identity with Christ, beginning to rely on ourselves, tying our identity to our job, our roles. And I'll say this, it's not just a job title. I mean, you can tie your identity to your role as a parent. I mean, oh my goodness, how many people are living out their identity through their kids? I tell people, if you don't think parents, adults live out their identity through their kids, coach Little League sometime, right? I mean, it is there in big letters, people living out their own frustrations through their little Johnny out there on the baseball field. Um, so we can tie that identity to any other the roles that we play. And when we do, and this is one thing I just really want your listeners to hear, because this happens in the church. It can happen with pastors. It can happen with elders. It can happen with deacons. When our identity is tied to a role we play, then the success, our success in that role isn't just success in something that we're doing. It becomes the success of me as a person. And all of a sudden, when you get people that don't like change, people that have to have their way, people that can't, that have to avoid conflict. When you talk to people pleasers, people that say, I'm just a people pleaser, that usually means that I've always got to be making people happy because that's my identity. And if somebody's not happy, me, I as a person have failed. And that burden is just huge and pastors carry it. You see it in in, uh, in leaders that have been in an institution for a long period of time, and it's, it's time to retire. Or for some reason, they feel like the board says to them it's time to move on, and they can't leave. They just can't do it because their, their whole identity is, I'm the president of, I'm the executive director of, and when I leave, I'm, I'm nobody. Well, we come against that because obviously that's not biblical. And the whole antidote to this is really being able to identify fully with this truth that I am a child of God. That is my identity. And we have to steward that because the enemy just comes at you from every possible angle and says, no, um, that, that's not enough. It, it was true. It's okay. You can believe that, Chris. That's fine, Josh. You can believe that, but it's not enough. You also have to be this and this and this and this and this. And that's really what gives you your satisfaction. Could we really live our life to an audience of one? Could, as I say in the book, could the applause of nail scarred hands be all we need at the end of the day. Uh, when you get that in your mind, you have been set free in an incredible way. You can, you can risk and fail. You can um, move, change positions. You can, there's so much freedom for the, for the man or woman of God whose ties their identity to who they are as a child of God and keeps a distance from the roles and the titles that they play in terms of their identity. And that's what the second one is. And I'll just say real briefly, the trajectory is you go into your work and you have all kinds of people working for you and around you that you're trying to lead and they're all struggling with their identities. So how do we help them understand that their identity is in Christ and they're right now they're stewarding a role? You guys are stewarding a role right now in this podcast, right? God is giving you this opportunity. You have this opportunity just being stewards of what he's put in front of you. Um, if somebody comes up to you next week and says, oh, was, you guys are awful. He says, like the worst podcast I think I've ever listened to. Um, you know, the, the question is, okay, I can get better, but can I see this as a steward opportunity? Say, okay, Lord, I guess we're not doing quite as well. Let's try to do better. Um, and it's uh, the opposite of his way. They come up and they say, oh, my gosh, Josh, that was the – you guys are the best podcasters in the world. Um, are you going to be able to take that step back and go, well, thank God. I'm stewarding this, give him the glory, that's not my identity. Uh, if you can get there, it's freedom, and if you can help your people get there, you begin to unleash the power 
of people to work for you who now are free to invest fully in what you're doing. So that's a long answer, but that's what that's about. No, it's great. And again, it, it's something we've been struggling with ourselves. I mean, you, you, you're going to preach to us and talk about the podcast. I mean, <laughs> it, it is, it's a, it's an area of contention, just being honest, because, <clears throat> you know, again, w- you can't win for losing. What what happens? The numbers go up. Well, clearly we're geniuses and the greatest thing ever. <laughs> if the numbers go down, well, it's like, okay, well, what are we doing wrong? We've got to do something. And maybe I was challenged by uh, one of the other guests that we, we've had on the podcast. She posted something on Facebook, which was just like, maybe God has you in the min- area of ministry with whatever the numbers are, because that's where he has you. Can you learn to be content with that? And it's what you're that's talking it. about. It's divorcing our identity. It's taking... It's putting our identity in God and taking it away from this second kingdom where we've invested so heavily of our time and efforts. And no, it's not really where our kingdom is. Yeah. And, it, and it's, I, I just, I don't want your, your listeners to miss the incredible sense of freedom that this brings. I gave this talk about two weeks ago at a leadership conference with a room full of, of executive directors of nonprofits. And, and I, I'm kind of used to it, so I'm kind of blathering on about you know, how important this is. And I looked around, and people were weeping in my seminar. And I came up afterwards, and they said, they said I have never been set free from this idea that, that this, is my, this is my ministry. It's up to me. It's on my shoulders. I've got to make this happen. If I fail, I'm a bad person. And she said, if I, if I could be free from this, I, I, I don't know what that would feel like. So test yourself if you're listening to this and ask yourself, are you free? In relationship to the roles you play. Level three, stewards of our relationship with our neighbor. What does that look like in the trajectory? Yeah, and, and you know, you're back to the great, uh, great commandment, right? Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. There's our first one. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. So, I mean, there's Jesus saying, you better have a good relationship with yourself before you can go love your neighbor. So, if we really have that freedom in our identity, now I can turn around, and this is what I just love, you guys. This, to me, is, is such a precious gift. My agenda doesn't dominate. In the relationships I have with people around me, my agenda doesn't have to dominate this relationship. I am now, because God's taking care of me. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm secure in my identity. I have an intimate relationship with God, and I'm being a steward. And now I can simply unfold myself to others. And, and begin to really walk with them and listen to their agenda and lead them in a way that they can become fully the people God created them to be. So that's the greatest freedom for me for a leader is to be able to look at the people around you and say, um, I don't have to have the best idea as a leader, right? Um, I don't have to always get my way. I don't have to be at the head of the class. Um, one of the little phrases we use from the book that I think is so, so precious is um, owner leaders absorb praise and deflect criticism. Steward leaders absorb criticism and deflect praise. Think about that for a minute. If I'm an owner leader and this is all tied to me and this is my job and my identity, then when something messes up at work, I I have no capacity to take criticism. Because if you criticize what I did, you're criticizing me, right? So I have got to deflect that. And I've got to say, oh no, Josh screwed up on that one. That That was his fault. But what happens when good things happen? I need that applause. I need that affirmation because this is my whole identity in this job. And so I'm going to absorb all the praise. And if you've ever worked for an owner leader who deflects criticism and absorbs praise, it's not a very fun place to work. Uh, whereas steward leaders are just the opposite, right? Something bad happens and they look around and they're more than happy to say, yeah, I'll own that. That was me. 
I, you know, that, that's on us because they have the capacity to take criticism. They don't have to be people pleasers. They're God pleasers. Um, on the other side, when, when praise comes, oh, they just give it away. I mean, they just want to lift their people up and they build up great leaders and they encourage and they inspire. Um, and the prayer of the steward leader here is simply to say, Lord, use me today to help my people on their journey, right, of being closer to you. And so that's my that's my role. Uh, and I get a chance to live in these these relationships because my agenda doesn't dominate. And I would ask all your listeners to ask that question. When you go to work in the morning, do you are your people there to make sure that your agenda gets accomplished? And if so, then you need to step back and say, why? Why am I leading this way? Because it just destroys people. It kills culture. It it, uh, it implodes organizations and it sets you up for failure if your agenda's got to dominate everything. So I think that's this this uh, this third relationship area. And then what is our relationship with God's creation? This is one of those areas that is definitely not talked about. It's becoming increasingly so, but not talked about in a healthy way and, and definitely not a biblical way. So what is what do you mean by this? Well, you know, we can lump a lot of things into this one. I mean, we can start with the traditional time, talents, and resources that, um, first of all, you know, all time belongs to God. And that, to me, was that was my single biggest struggle, was I really realized that my time is not my own. This is God's time. You know, the 24 hours he gives me is a gift from him, and I need to pray about how he would have me invest that time. So time is part of the created world, what he gives us as a treasure. Are we Are we stewarding time, or are we are we, uh, uh, does time serve us? You know, which way do we go? And talents, you know, am I using God, in the, is, am I using God's talents in the right way? Am I vocationally aligned with God's will for me? And resources, we could talk all day about, about money uh, and all of that, but it really does come back to the fact that, um, you know, that all of my resources belong to God. It, it is the rich young ruler that, that went, you know, that when Jesus said, sell everything you have and follow me, well, he doesn't ask anything less of us. And, you know, I'm going to say a little quick plug here on the side. One of the challenges I have with the idea of tithing is that tithing is the financial equivalent to our quiet time, if we're not careful. So our quiet time says, I give God an hour in the morning, and he leaves me alone the rest of the day. Tithing says, I give God my 10%, and I can do anything I want with the other 90. And, of course, that's not a biblical understanding of money. Uh, If you want to talk about stewardship, the true work of stewardship when it comes to money is what you do with the 90%. That's, that's where you get a chance to be a biblical steward and lay it before God and say, this is all yours, Lord, what would you have me do with it? Um, and so we, so we got the resource part of it. And then the last one really is care for creation. And it is. It's a hot topic. It's a hot button. I write some on it. I get lots of nasty letters when I do. But, um, but I, I'm just going to say that um, uh, hopefully if you set aside the politics Everybody who's following Jesus would have to say God calls us to be caretakers of his creation. It's just throughout scripture. You just can't deny it. He created it. He put us in the garden to take care of it. He told us to tend it. uh, And we're called to be caretakers of God's beautiful creation. And we have got to figure out as a body of Christ ways to do that. That is God honoring that we can do with our whole heart to the full extent that he called us to do it without getting caught up in in the political divides that are out there. Those political divides do not exonerate us from being careful caretakers of God's creation. So for whatever that means for you, um, we need to do that, and we need to do it wholeheartedly. It can't be a second thought. It is, it is, it is part of being a faithful steward and what God called us to do. So that whole package is in that last one. And then we help our people do the same. So again, you take that into the leadership role, and you're asking, how do I lead my organization in a way that it's a faithful witness to the fact that we take 
seriously that we're stewards of this organization. We're stewards of our church. We're stewards of our nonprofit. We're stewards of our ministry. I'm a steward of my family. Does our family reflect the fact that we have we have a we have a steward mindset? We're committed to be caretakers of all the things that have to do with family and on and on and on. I go back to what you said at the very beginning, Chris, that when you take these, when you put these lenses on of, of God owning everything and us being a steward, there is not, there's not, a, Abraham Kuyper has this great quote about, there's not one square inch in all of creation over which God does not say, mine. This is mine. Now, I'm going to let you use it. I'm going to give you caretaking of it. I'm going to entrust it to you. It's never yours. You never had a leader the other day say, I never realized in my life that God just never passes the deed over. He never says you own this. He said, take care of this. And when we see it, it changes everything. Dr. Roden, thank you so much. I think we could keep talking here for another hour or two, dive even deeper. I mean, you brought up polit- politics and there's a whole <laughs> can of worms there. I would, I would maybe say, if you think that stewarding creation is a political question, Check your kingdom. Which kingdom are you serving? But yeah, there um, you go. There you go. So anyway, th- that's that's my only comment there. And people can interact with <laughs> us, of course, uh, <laughs> online and in comments and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, Dr. Roden, where can people go to find out more about you and your work and uh, get a copy of your book? Because guys, we have only scratched the surface uh, of really what's what's going on here. So there's so much more that you'll want to go check out his book to get. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we have a website and I do a blog every week. Um, it's simply thestewardsjourney.com. So thestewardsjourney.com, no apostrophe. Uh, you can go there. You can uh, all, you can get links to all of our books, all of our resources. Uh, we do uh, executive retreats, and we have uh, cohort leadership courses that you can sign up for, books, podcasts, and uh, and the blog. So our our goal is simply to, I mean, our mission is that um, is to equip and inspire God's people to be free and joyful stewards of life. And if there's something in that website, something in our work that can help free you up to be that joyful, free steward of all of life, then that's our work. So we'd be happy to share any of those resources with people. That's excellent. And we will have links to everything in the show notes like always. So if you don't remember that, just click on the link in the show notes and it'll take you right over to thestewardsjourney.com. And of course, then you can pick up a copy of The Steward Leader, Transforming People, Organizations, and Communities. You don't want to miss it. It is a great book. Again, Number one book, I've probably read at least 20, 30 books now over the last few years of leadership books, and I'm still telling you this is the best, so you need to check it out. Um, Dr. Rodin, any other final comments that you would like to say to our uh, listeners? Well, I just want to encourage them, uh, to encourage them that, um, you know, God stands ready to walk with us on this journey, and it is his heartfelt desire, I believe, that every single day we wake up um, take on the mantle of the faithful steward and figure out how we can day by day become more and more one kingdom people. It is the greatest journey they will ever take. And actually, back to the very beginning what you were saying, it's discipleship. This is simply a different way of framing the discipleship journey because that's what this is. It's going deeper with Jesus day by day. It's surrender, but it is freedom and it is joy, and I commend it to all your the listeners. Thank you so much, Dr. Rodin, for being with us. This has been very helpful. Thank you. Bless you to both of you. Thanks for the opportunity. This conversation with Scott has been one of our favorite episodes of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. At the beginning of each episode this week, you heard me and Chris say we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. And this conversation with Scott Rodin focuses on the basics of just that. 
When it all comes down to it, the best leaders are those who know their identity as stewards. It means freedom from the bondage of having to control everything. It means freedom from the pressure of having to produce and perform. And it means living as a child in total and complete surrender to the owner. I want to challenge you to take five minutes today and meditate on that reality. Take five minutes and rest in the fact that you are not in control. God is. That you don't have to produce the results. God does. And that you are not responsible for ruling a second kingdom. God rules the only kingdom. When you grab hold of this, it's a powerful realization. When you grab hold of this, you start to become a faithful steward whom God may call to lead throughout your life. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Scott Rodin and his work, check out thestewardsjourney.com. If you've enjoyed our conversation with Scott, let us know. Then be sure to share it with someone else. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.